This is the Darren Paltrowcast with Darren Paltrowitz. I've been interviewing musicians, comedians, and all sorts of entertainers for almost 20 years. Joan Rivers, Flavor Flav, Paris Hilton, members of Guns N' Roses and the Eagles, and countless others. This show is about artists and why they do what they do. On this edition of the Paltrowcast, I spoke with three very interesting people who have new music to talk about. Derek Smalls, Christina from Lacuna Coil, and Art Alexakis from Everclear. First up is my interview with Derek Smalls, who you probably first learned about from his work with Spinal Tap. Derek has a newish album out called Smalls Change, and in support of Smalls Change, he's doing a West Coast tour of the US and Canada, and that is called Lukewarm Water Live. Not the easiest one to say right there, but between the album and the tour, he has all sorts of collaborations going with the likes of Jane Lynch, the Snarky Puppy Horns, Steve Lukather from Toto, Dweezil Zappa, Paul Schaefer, Tenacious D, Donald Fagan from Steely Dan. Obviously, all sorts of people want to work with Derek, and I uncovered a bit of that in our phone conversation. Hope you enjoy that one. Hello, Darren. This is Derek. Hey, Derek. How's your day going there? I'm doing all right. I'm in uh, London, so it's uh, it's gray, of course, but otherwise it's uh, it's fine. Like many, I would say millions of people, I've been inspired by your music and your your bass playing for decades now, and it's great to see a new solo record from you. Uh, is this Thanks. the first solo record that you've had since It's a Smalls World? Uh, yes. Well, that was really a, 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 a super EP. Uh, but yeah, this is the first full-length piece uh, that I've done. Uh, I, I had been in, in, in either tap or... Uh, other other band situations. I joined, a, a, as you may know, a Christian rock band for a time, Lamb's Blood. We had a, a, a top 25 Christian chart topper with a whole lot of Lord. And then uh, I've, I've been in other some other band situations uh, and done some, some other kinds of work. I, I did some uh, television work. I was in the... Uh, uh, after... Uh, 2009 when we played uh, Glastonbury and uh, Wembley Arena and then the uh, phone stopped ringing and I uh, checked and, uh, and the telephone company said it wasn't on them. I went over to the Netherlands and, and became one of the uh, judges on uh, Rock ROK Stars with a Z, which uh, beat the, the crap out of Dutch Idol uh, over there. So uh, I've done a few things, uh, but it was... When I was hanging out with a friend of mine, uh, Eddie Dregs, over in Albania, he has a, he leads a uh, near-death metal band called Chainsaw Vermin, and I thought I was subbing for the bass player who's got substance problems up the old canal. This is not the proper way to go out, is it? Uh, and I saw an advert for the uh, fund for a uh, the British fund for aging rockers, which was set up to uh, disperse some of the austerity money to aging rockers, hence the name. And that really was the, the, the way I got to be able to do this project. Uh, well, how long ago was that, that you started making Smalls Change? Uh, the record started about three, three and a half years ago. Uh, it took a while to get all these uh, guest stars roped in and on it. And uh, we didn't have a meter running, so my producer and I could take our time with it. Um, and, and, you know, record the orchestra and Budapest and all. It's a very large production, as you know, if you've heard it. So... Um, 
Yeah, it took it took it, and then it came out, you know, recently, and we thought, uh, well, it was worth waiting for, and then uh, now we're waiting again for whatever happens now. It seems to be a lot of waiting in life, doesn't it? Absolutely, and I think it was worth waiting for. If you look at the all-star lineup that you have on the record, and you've also had at a performance or two, so when did yes. you start to realize that Derek Smalls was an influential musician? Me? Well, you know, I don't, I don't think of myself as so much as uh, influential, uh, just as uh, inordinately famous is all. You know, um, whether whether people, you know, try to. I, I mean, I didn't try to play like anybody else. I just, you know, started uh, strumming this instrument. Then not really strumming, you don't strum it, but, you know, picking it or, or plucking it. And I think, you know, if, if people might be inspired to pick it up by me, uh, that's more than enough. Uh, uh, for them to try to play like me, you know, I wouldn't try to play like me, really. And this is the first time I've really heard you being called the former uh, bassist of Spinal Tap. Is the chapter and the, the door, is that part of your career entirely over for a fact? Well, I think more the door than the chapter. You know, uh, not that doors have chapters, but if I was to make a choice, I'd say, yeah, that's, um, <clears throat> that's it, it had a good run. You say that it's like a racehorse, you know. Uh, you put it away before you have to shoot it. Yes, uh, that's a great analogy. I, I really appreciate that honesty right there. But do you look back entirely favorably, no regrets? Oh, well, you know, I mean, I think uh, certainly I regret uh, that we were managed by Ian Faith. Uh, you know, he, he robbed us. Well, I, I don't know if you can still say this, but he robbed us blind. And that's not, no offense to the sightless people. Um, but yeah, uh, he, he even faked his own death. And then uh, charged us for the wake, you know, which and we were the only people who came to it. Let's be fair. And we ate all the food. So, you know, it's still not really right. But, you know, um, and I, it's not my place to say this, uh, but I don't I, I don't do finger pointing. You know, I save my fingers for more important work. Um, I think it's it's possible for other people to say Maybe they were just too good. And all, all I can do is give people permission to say that. Well, it's interesting to see how many people from your past you've re reconnected with in recent years. I'm curious if you've had any run-ins with Ronnie Pudding? No, Ronnie, Ronnie's, well, you know, he wasn't really of my past. I, his departure uh, was, was the door that opened, there's your door again, uh, to let me into the band. So we never, it's like with the two, it's like if you said, they must be the same person because I've never seen the two of them together in the, in the same room. Uh, Ronnie was somebody I heard about, of course, uh, but he, he skipped off to Namibia. For all I know, he's running the country now. Wow. Okay. So the door for you or the chapter, whichever one we do want to go with, is closed on you with Spinal Tap. But do you know if they are considering a replacement basis? Uh, Nigel is, is uh, fully occupied at this point, so he says. He's down, got a spread in the south of England, and he's uh, breeding miniature uh, livestock. He started with horses, and as you know, guitar players are fairly extreme persons. They're like that kid that uh, flew too, too close to the sun. I don't, I don't think that actually happened, but, you know. Uh, and uh, so he, he, he pushed the thing a little far with the horses, and... Uh, now he, he, he can't find jockeys small enough to ride them. 
So uh, he's he's got his hands full. It is a hands-on job. Um, but he did send a nice note about the record. David, on the other hand, um, I mean, God love him. He sends me something every once in a while in the post. And I opened it up, you know, with, with great, uh, I don't know, with great skill. And uh, it's always the same thing. I mean, I don't know if it's exactly the same thing, but it always is a piece of paper. So far, so good. And then what's on the paper is uh, Chinese pictograms. I don't know if he's saying, let's get the band back together, or if he's saying, great album, mate, or if he's saying, I'd like the dim sum for three. I, I don't read bloody pictograms. But uh, I think that's the world he's in now. Wow. Strange bunch over there. Glad to see that you're thriving and all that. And among your thriving is you're flying from London over to L.A. for the tour coming up on the, the West Coast. Is that going to be part of a world tour and eventual dates on the East Coast? Well, I don't know. I, that's the plan. But you know what happens to plans. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, that certainly would be uh, my choice is to take it all over the place. Uh, it's a big show. Um, we have uh, uh, many guest stars, uh, some on stage live, some live via satellite because they have other uh, commitments, but they can uh, free time to do, do the satellite appearances, uh, such as uh, Donald Fagan, uh, Steve Vai, Dweezil Zappa, so forth. Um, well, there's no so forth with that. You know, you've got a th three big ones there, but uh, the snarky puppy horns also. Uh, among others, so and the and the and at least uh, one symphony orchestra. It's, it's a cliche now. Uh, if you're a rocker uh, at this age, uh, it's a cliche. You perform with a symphony orchestra, you know, or or you go home. Uh, and it's a cliche even to to notice that. So uh, in in many of our shows, we will have two symphony orchestras, one live via satellite, uh, and and really rock the world with a, a synchronized two symphony orchestra performance. So um, it's a big show. And then, and then at the end, we do perform a couple of tap tunes. One of them is, uh, is Big Bottom. And we will launch for the first time anywhere at the appropriate time in the song, um, the inflatable pink torpedo. I, I believe the audience will be looking up mouths open when that comes by. Will it still be three bases for Big Bottom when you're performing it live? There will be uh, um, um, perhaps more than that because, of course, the orchestra will have basses as well, the, the other kind of basses. So it, uh, we hope these will be the biggest bottoms ever. Okay. And is there anything else coming up for Derek Smalls besides promoting Smalls Change and a possible world tour? Or are you just taking it slower these days besides albums and tours? No, we've uh, been doing, I've been cranking up videos from the record. Uh, the latest one, Give Me Some More Money, just came out. Um, and where it's got me uh, live action and then uh, an animated world that I'm trying to get money out of. Uh, so that's the latest thing there. And I'm, I'm uh, guesting uh, at the 70th birthday uh, uh, celebration of Richard Thompson, the great English guitarist and singer uh, at Royal Albert Hall this coming Monday night. Because Richard played on my record. He plays on the song, uh, She Puts the Bitch in Obituary. And so uh, we're doing that song at Royal Bloody Albert Hall, which will be my triumphant return to that venue where we were tap performed in, uh, in uh, 1992. God love us. Absolutely. But does this mean that your acting career is over? Because a lot of people really did love you in Roma 79. 
Yeah, that that uh, that was a, uh, that was the the beginning, and that that was the alpha and the omega of my acting career. I've I've done some TV telly work since then. Uh, did I uh, was a host of the uh, very successful uh, Dutch uh, music competition show called Rock Stars, Rock with a K and Stars with a Z. Um, we beat the hell out of Dutch Idol. So that was fun for a while. Listen, mate, I'm, um, I hate to do this, but I've got a bunch of other interviews that I, um, I'm, I'm about to do. So can we, uh, can we say the opposite of hello at this point? Yes. So in closing, any last words for the kids? Uh, yes. I was recently, uh, my, my health regimen, uh, which, which you, you'll notice keeps me in pretty good nick, um, involves running against the resistance of water. Um, it's good for the lungs and the heart and the legs. You're supposed to do it in a pool. Uh, you know, I don't say this with any shame, but I don't have a bloody pool. So I've been, uh, running in the tub and, uh, took a bit of a slip, uh, earlier this year and, and, uh, broke a finger. So yeah, kids don't run in the tub. Next up is my phone conversation with Christina from Lacuna Coil. This one was a fun one. She's obviously very nice, but I caught her at an awkward time. The group was on tour in Texas and a tire on their bus had just blown up. So I think she was waiting around going, uh, are we gonna make our next gig or not? But in spite of that, just such a positive disposition to her. And the new album by Lacuna Coil is called Black Anima. They will be on tour around the world in the coming months. So check them out when you can. Christina? Hi, yes. Yes, hi, it's Darren for your interview. Still a good time for hi. you? Hi. <laughs> yeah, it is actually a perfect time. In, in, in a ironical way, because we just like stop at a truck stop because we blew up a tire. I'm sorry to hear that. Where are you stuck right now? <laughs> oh my God. I, I, I wish I knew. We're still, we're still in Texas somewhere. I don't know. I really don't know. Luckily, it's a day off. So I, at least we don't have to, you know, to be at a venue today. But it still, it, it still sucks. <laughs> the joy of touring, I guess. Exactly. Well, I have to say congratulations on your new record. I know it was a long Thank time so coming. Much. And the reviews on it have been great. And it's yet another record you've done with Century Media. Not a lot yes. of bands stick with the same record label for album after album. What is it that keeps you at Century Media? Because, I mean, in the beginning was... Uh, about you know the loyalty that you can have for someone that helped you out, that believed in you. Um, also, the fact that we knew everyone working at Century Media, and and it, it gave us that uh, friendly vibe, which is always good, you know, because you're talking to people and getting stuff done, just having a conversation, and that is the big difference. Because when you're with a with a major, there are so many people. There are so many people involved, and sometimes you can't really talk face to face with one person and keep on doing this. So in the beginning, it was this, and then we saw that they were they were just like working greatly for us because they they would take care of us, they would um, help us out to to spread um, our music, and then we decided to re-sign with them because we had better conditions, and it went on and on like this. <laughs> Of course, you know, we, we got other proposals by by other labels, but you never know. I mean, if you're just doing fine with one, you never know how it's going to be with the next one because you could be the last one in order of importance instead of being the priority. Right, and you've been fortunate in being more successful 
with a label like Century Media than with a major label. So I'm curious, when you figured out that Lacuna Coil was going to have long-term success, even if you didn't have radio play immediately or major label backing? Uh, I think that we realized that things were going very good for us was when we did Ausfest in 2004. Uh, because being a European band, we noticed that there was more and more interest in, in us, and we started to tour regularly from from there to, in, in the U.S., and after the more popularity in the U.S., we started to, to, to play more in Europe. So I believe that when we kind of realized that this could be our job for real, and not just a, like, you know, like uh, something that we have to do together with a job at home, but that's when we realized that something was happening. And I had the pleasure of interviewing Andrea a little while ago. And he was telling me that the first song on the album, that you came up with the melody, and that it kind of expanded into this overture. Is that true, that you just came up with a melody and then the rest of the band worked around that? No, we actually start from the music. It always starts from the music. Marco, our bass player, is the main composer and also producer of our latest to two records so he writes the music and then he passes it to to andre and i and we come up with the vocal melodies and um and we work with them together with marco that you know like gets them and work them together with the music and then it's a constant process because i mean if he likes something he put it in the music he sends it back to us we give more idea we bring more ideas to the table and as soon as we are sure about the vocal line, we finalize the lyrics. But we always start from the music. Layers of Time is the first single off the album. Who chose that, or was that something that somebody from management suggested? No, we all chose it because we thought that uh, it totally represented the, the new vibe for the new record. And it has all the characteristics that Lacuna Coil music has, you know, the, the double voice, uh, the aggressiveness of some parts and the melody of other parts, uh, while other songs are uh, slightly different and they will probably take more time, you know, to uh, to be uh, understood. So we didn't we didn't just wanted to to start with a with a shock uh, factor uh, as we did with the delirium when we put out a song called uh, the House of Shame that was like really extreme for our kind of music. So everybody was just like whoa. <laughs> We took everybody by surprise. This time we wanted to give something like, we know who we are, uh, you know, here's just a, like a sneak peek in the record. So we, we chose it. And you have a lot of touring coming up. Uh, I see dates all the way into late December, which is really incredible that you're able to stay so busy right away like that. A lot of bands have to wait around and go, who wants to take us on tour, but not you guys. Are you going to be playing <laughs> a lot of the new album on the tour or just a handful of songs? Uh, we are uh, so far. We're only playing two songs because we just want to play the songs that are out already on on a video. Uh, so we play layers of time, and we play another song called Reckless uh, because people know them already. And uh, we are just at the beginning of the of the cycle, and the record is not even out. So we just want to give everything out right now. And were there a lot more songs recorded for the album that made the album? Are there leftovers? Oh, there were there are a lot of leftovers, but we never really do complete songs that we don't use. Uh, we we just bring to the table a lot of riffs and uh, vocal parts, and if 
we like what we're hearing, we keep on working on that. But if we are not convinced, we don't even make a song out of them. Well, I noticed that you were recently on the Wednesday 13 album. How did that opportunity yes. come about? Well, I know uh, Death of, our, uh, of Devil Driver and his wife, and they have um, they are part of the management who, who manages Wednesday 13. So uh, Anastasia sent me a message, and, and she told me that um, Wednesday would have loved to do this duet with me. And I said, okay, yeah, let's do it. Let me hear the song. And if I like it, I'll be more than happy to jump on board. And I heard the song and I thought that it was cool. And it was a, it was a good idea, you know, for us to collaborate because we're part of the same scene. And I think, you know, our characters kind of fit well as well. And I like the song. So I recorded it and, and that's how it happened. And I see that Black Anima, has a limited edition version that has tarot cards coming with that. Yes. Whose idea was that? It was our idea. It was our idea because we wanted something that could fit uh, visually with the record. Uh, so we came up with the, um, with the tarots and we found this artist that we really like on, on Instagram, actually. His name is Mika Ulrich. So we sent him all the input and all the meaning that every card should have had because every card is connected to each song of the record. And he came up with some drawings. So he sent them back to us and we told him, you know, we like this, we don't like this, maybe you could change this here and there. And we thought that it was a good addition to like a deluxe edition because it's something that you can also use and not just to look at. And then back to the touring end, it seems like every album and every tour gets bigger for your band in the United States. Has touring the United States gotten easier for you over the years? Is there less culture shock for you now than there was years ago? Well, it is pretty much the same. I mean, it was easier back then uh, as well. Because, I mean, if you have the luxury as we have to build a career, uh, and this is something that is not happening you know nowadays with the new bands because people have a very short attention span and they they are always searching for something new we are lucky because our base is a friend of uh, fans is so solid uh so there is no difference for us in 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 terms of tour i mean it's we still tour with no problem the bigger problem right now is to find free buses because everybody's on the road because, of course, there is no more revenue from the selling of records because nobody buys records anymore. A lot of people are just like streaming songs. And, of course, the artists who are writing those songs have to find other ways to sustain themselves. And everybody's on the road, so you can play, you can get your fees from, from the shows, you can sell your merchandise. And, uh, of course, you need a bus to go around. So, in closing, uh, any last words for the kids? I, I really hope they will like uh, Black Anima as much as we do, for real, because, I mean, we wrote it for ourselves, as every record we do, because it's our self-therapy, it's our way to express what we have inside and translate it in notes and, and words. But I really hope that we can connect with as many people out there, because I think there is a strong message into it, and it is basically... Uh, the realization that it is okay to not to be okay sometimes, that we're all going through through the same stuff and we are not perfect. And so sometimes failures are accepted and we just have to be who we are. Last but not least is my interview with Art Alexakis from Everclear. It only took about three decades here, but Sun Songs is the first solo album from Art 
but we spoke about this in our chat and that there was an Everclear album that was supposed to be a solo album about two decades ago. We spoke about why that is, his health, what else is coming up for him, and a lot of the entrepreneurial things he's done over the years. Really nice guy, really a pleasure to talk with him, and I think you're really going to enjoy this one as well. Good day for you so far? Yeah, oh, great day, dude. I'm excited. I'm, I'm like a little boy. They're, they're, they've been working on a pool in my backyard. We saved up for it for a while. And since uh, I don't know if you know, but I, I was diagnosed with MS a couple of years ago. And uh, swimming is the best exercise for me because I don't get overheated. So they're out there actually shooting the concrete into my pool today. So I'm kind of I'm kind of like me and my wife are like little kids. We, Really glad to hear that for your sake, given, you know, how much you're on the road, that the person actually then gets to be comfortable at home as well. Absolutely. And we we built a nice little, uh, like, sanctuary for all three of us and, and our friends. It's just, it's not big, it's not fancy, but it's ours and it's private and it's it's pretty wonderful. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. You know, all the things that have happened in the last few years. Um, it, it, I think it's made me even more grateful, which I think is good, especially, you know, I don't know how old you are, but I'm in my late 50s. And it's, uh, gratitude is something I'm, I'm, I'm really, really embracing, for sure. Well, I'm in my late 30s, which would explain being a fan of Everclear for 20 to 25 years now. And there you having go. a bunch yeah, of you're, uh, you're in the demographic, right? Exactly. And, you know, your new solo record that's coming out soon is Sun Songs. But somebody that's been listening to for a long time would know that art equals Everclear. And for example, a song like AM Radio is clearly an art solo song, yet that was 15 or so years ago, maybe even 20 years ago. So I'm curious if any of the previous Everclear albums almost became art solo albums. That album, that album. Songs from an American Movie Volume 1. That album I recorded the basics for most of those songs, including AM Radio, in 1998. And I was going to put it out in 99 on Capitol. And I played it for, I, I played it for my man, management and my um, label and my band. The, the guys in Everclear wanted to hear it. And then all four of them, including my r and guy, man, they all like, flew to my house unbeknownst to me and showed up and just said, we're begging, we're begging you to make this an Everclear record. Please make this an Everclear record. Please let us play on this record. Please use these guys on this record. And I'm just like, okay. Uh, and, but the thing about it was I'd used other musicians. So it really wasn't that far of a stretch from Everclear. That's why this record that's coming out is different. It's just me. It's just me playing everything, all the instruments, all the vocals, just me. So in, in that in that way, it, you know, it really is a solo record. Well, playing it the other way around, when you were making it, did you know that it was going to be a solo album or did it initially start as an Everclear record? No, this started as a solo record. I wanted to make a solo record. I wanted to do something different. We've made nine studio albums. And then if you count up all the other tracks, at least another album. And I did albums for bands of mine before as well. So I've probably made 12 or 13 records over the years. That just didn't sound exciting to me to do it again or fun. You know, Um, I wanted to do something different. 
and going in the studio with just me and uh, my friend Stuart, who's co-producer and engineer, mixed it. Um, we just went in together and figured it out over a year. We found time when we could do it. You know, I'm still touring and doing a lot of shows with Everclear, and uh, that's that's my main priority. But I wanted to do this when I had time, and then we got finished with it before tour this year, and uh, the label wanted to put it out in October. And, you know, that seemed a long way, a long ways away back in May, but now it's, uh, you know, two, three weeks away. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, it, it's, it's starting to seem pretty real, but I love the artwork. My, this poster guy, he's a, he's a, he's a street artist, street poster artist. His name is Morley in LA. He's got about two, I think he's got two or three books. Um, of of you know of his artwork and stuff, and um, I'm a fan, and he's a fan, and he did the album cover for me, and uh, it's totally different than anything I've ever done before, and it's I just think it's really cool and fun. Somebody in general who's been following you a long time knows that you've taken a lot of chances. Even if you were consistent with doing those 11 or 12 albums over the years, you were doing you know, DJ work on SiriusXM before it was kind of the norm for artists to be doing that. And you launched your own package tour at a time when it wasn't exactly the norm to be doing that. So I would argue that you've always been doing things to your own beat. Well, no, there's no argument there. I would agree with that. I do things when I think they're the right the right thing to do. Um, sometimes that's often it's it's before other people have really kicked in, which is not always the best financial system, you know. <laughs> but uh, and sometimes it's after the fact. But yeah, I've 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 done that. I've I've kind of walked to the beat of my own drum. My mom taught me to do that. I think through uh, example, and I've tried to impart that to my daughters as well as has my wife. So we're very proud of our, our daughter, our youngest daughter, um, well, my youngest daughter, her only daughter, uh, Arizona is going to turn 12 in November. She's an artist and she's got her first show, her first opening. She's part of a, an opening, a, an art exposition about migrant, migrant people coming to the state, to, to the U.S. that are stuck at the border. And she did a, a really powerful picture painting. And that, that show starts Friday, so we're very proud. You know, I, I think, to, I, I agree with you. I, I kind of do walk to the beat of my own drum, and I see my daughter doing that as well. So I think that's a good thing. And another thing that you did before a lot of other people did was a covers album. Now it's kind of the norm of... I would say after the second album doesn't work out <laughs> that people go to the covers kind of route. But even, you know, going back when you did the Thin Lizzy cover on the Kiss soundtrack, it seems like you knew ahead of the game to be a business person and not just a songwriter. Were you entrepreneurial in the earliest days of Everclear or is that just something that you had to learn to do to adapt? Well, I learned to do it to adapt before Everclear with Color Finger uh, the band before Everclear and DZ Hose, the band before that, I was on a, a record label that I started myself because no one would touch my stuff. They thought it, it wasn't commercial enough. It wasn't butt rock enough. It wasn't this and that. And, you know, and I, I was doing stuff very close to what early Everclear sounded like, you know, back in the eight, late eighties, early nineties. And, um, you know, and then Nirvana hit and opened the door for bands like us. 
there was other a lot of other bands that were in that ilk and um the, i mean you know no, never mind just changed the whole landscape it basically was the death now of of uh, of butt rock of commercial metal you know of, of glam not glam because glam is cool but you know the the warrants and stuff like that um which they had some cool songs but i mean you know that whole image over i think form over function thing became secondary to function over form with the advent of alternative rock what people commercially called alternative rock and grunge and i was glad to be a part of it because i did people would ask me so what makes you alternative what makes you grunge i got nothing i don't think i'm alternative or grunge at all i think i'm a, a singer songwriter in a rock band and uh I think that those words that you used are what people in the media have used to tag rock and roll. All I know is that there's guitars on the radio again, and I think that's awesome. <laughs> and it was awesome. They're not there anymore, but they were at her time. It was cool. Moving ahead to present day here, are we going to see another Summerland tour? I don't know. I mean, we're going to do a tour next year uh, for uh, worldwide. Like, we're going to go to three or four different countries, including the U.S., um, for uh, Songs from America movie 20th anniversary, which will play the whole first record and songs from the second record. And plus, you know, hits and fan favorites. We'll play an hour and a half, probably. And um, we're going we're gonna to take out 90s bands, uh, I'm sure, you know, because I, I, I think people really enjoy that when, you know, they like that style of music and, they have bands to pick from so i'm not sure what bands we we've got a few bands that we just had a call yesterday with my management and agent and so i gave them a few bands to reach out to and we'll see what happens so is it that you'd like to take out those bands but you're not sure if you'd call it summerland per se i think this year well yeah i think we'll probably call it summerland presents the 20th anniversary tour of songs from american movie I think that that's probably what we'll do because it kind of is a Summerland tour, you know? It's the same thing. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, but I, I thought of that, and I, I pitched that to my guys, and they thought that was a good idea. So I think we'll probably do it at Summerland Presents. Ultimately, having done this solo album, do you see a path of trying to do more solo albums, or have you learned in being in the business for this long to really take things one album at a time? I have always taken things one album at a time even back on afterglow people were asking me so how many records do you think you'll make i go i don't know i think i'll make another one we'll see after that they're like really come on you're only on your third record i go i don't know i don't know how i'm gonna feel um right now i feel like i can definitely make another record and that's how i feel pretty much album to album and there's been periods when i just don't feel like making another Everclear record. To be honest with you, I'm kind of in that place right now. Don't really feel the the burning need to make another Everclear record. It's not like people are burning down my door to get one, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, fans would love it. Uh, but, I mean, I'm just not in a place right now where that's priority. I want to do, I'm going to do this tour next year and do the solo record. And then I, and and I'm already starting to work on doing a book, you know, writing a book. People have been bugging me to write a book about my life and you know memoirs, and I'm going to do that. 
over the next year or so. And uh, we'll see how that comes out. Well, glad to hear that you're keeping busy with interesting projects uh, in a variety of media. So looking forward to that book. So ultimately, Art, uh, any last words for the kids? No, man. Come check check us out. I'm going to be out playing solo, playing songs from the, the new record, Sun Songs. And so I will, I'll play Everclear songs, too, because as you said before, Art equals Everclear. That's what I've been doing for the last 30 years, 25, 30 years. So, yeah, please come out and check out the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to the Paltrowcast with Darren Paltrowitz on the Pure Grain Audio Network. More information on the Paltrowcast can be found online at www.puregrainaudio.com. Until next time, have a great Shabbos. (laughs) 